You're listening to audio from Citizens Church, located in Plano, Texas. For more information about this ministry or to give to this ministry, please visit citizenschurch.com. Merry Christmas. If you have a Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be uh, in verse 6 this evening. Uh, If you uh, call Citizens Church home, uh, it's good to see you and celebrate Jesus with you. There are a lot of kids in the room, more than usual. And to all of the children, just want you to know your church loves you and is so grateful that you're here with us. And then, you know, this time of year, this day in this part of the world uh, has a way of of bringing people to church who uh, don't normally attend church or maybe who only attend church uh, around this time of year. And that could be for, for any number of reasons, right? You could um, maybe not be a Christian. You wouldn't call yourself a Christian. You're, you're interested and that interest brought you here. Uh, maybe you are a Christian, but something about your relationship with God feels kind of cold or distant. Uh, or maybe you're here and you do not want to be here at all. And there's someone in your life who loves you and you love them and they invited you and you you felt like you couldn't say no on Jesus' birthday, and so you came to church. But wherever you are, whatever your story is, if you're here and you're not normally here, uh, welcome. We want you to know that we are honored that you'd worship with us. And, and a little bit about us, We're, we are not a um, have-it-all-together, uh, better-than-everyone-else kind of church. We are a broken, in need of mercy, loved-by-God-held-by-Jesus kind of church. And it's special to us that you're worshiping with us Uh, this evening. Uh, There's a verse in Isaiah I want to read. Isaiah is talking about Jesus several hundred years before Jesus was born, and he says all these wonderful things about who Jesus is and the salvation that he's going to bring. And I just want to read verse 6 and lean into four things he says about Jesus. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here's how tomorrow morning we'll go in the roller house. Um, our kids will wake up earlier than usual, and, uh, and that means we will wake up earlier than usual. And, but we have them wait for a little bit. Carrie, my wife, will make cinnamon rolls. I'll make lots of coffee. And then we'll sit by the fire, and we will together say our Advent verse from Luke 1, and we'll say our Advent prayer together. And then uh, we'll pass out presents. And how we do it is we go oldest to youngest. And uh, most of that is our kids opening the presents that we got for them. And uh, some of the things that we got for them are things that we, they wanted, things that they asked for. Some of the things we got for them are things that they didn't really ask for, but we know that they need. And, and what I've learned about this moment is, is the moment of what Carrie and I are hoping happens in that moment is that they open gifts, and in opening those gifts, they feel both loved in that they got gifts, but then also known in that the gifts are consistent with the things that they like and, 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 and who they are. And then in that moment, what they do is they, if they agree that they wanted these things, they needed these things, then they receive those gifts with joy. And there's something about about gift giving that highlights uh, a point that I think would be meaningful to us around this time of year. Like um, good gift giving requires knowledge of a person, right? Um, You know who they are, you know what they like, you know what they need, and it requires the person receiving that gift and agreeing with you that you were right about them, that, that they were right about, about who they are and they were right about what you need. You ever get a gift from someone that just confuses you? 
because you're not sure what it means, right? It, it, it makes you feel unknown. A family member of mine uh, gave me a gift one Christmas. I opened it up, and it was a toy Hummer that sprayed cologne out of its exhaust pipe. Uh, and I've, I felt deeply misunderstood in that moment. Like, I don't particularly like Hummers. I was like 30 years old, so that was, that was weird, right? And it wasn't wrong. I just, I just felt, I felt missed. And I did the thing where it's like, oh, thank you. I love it. And I lied because I didn't love it. Um, and, and I took it, but I didn't really receive it because they believed something about me in that moment that I did not agree with, right? I've gotten gifts, though, that, that have brought me to tears. I've gotten gifts that were so meaningful, that so spoke to uh, not just the things that I love, but, but also feeling known and seen by someone that you receive it with joy. Gift say something about what the person who gives you the gift thinks about you. And then however meaningful that gift is, whatever degree to which you receive that gift corresponds with whether you think they're right about you. Uh, the verse we read says something about Jesus that's really important. It says he is a gift given to us by God. Unto us a child is born Unto us a son is given. John in the New Testament says something very similar. It's a really well-known verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus, there's a lot of things we could say about him. One of the things that the Bible says about him is that Jesus is God's gift to the world. And God is a good gift giver. What I mean by that is he gives Jesus out of his love for us, but also out of his knowledge of us. Uh, Jesus, as a gift, tells us something about what God thinks of us. It tells us something about what God knows about us, what God knows that we need. And I wonder on this Christmas Eve if you agree with God. Uh, there are four double words used to describe the kind of gift Jesus is. It says his name. Uh, name is, is more than just title. Name is who you are. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Each one tells us not just something about Jesus, but tells us something about us. It tells us something about what God thinks about us, what God knows is missing in our lives. Let's take each of them. A wonderful counselor, it literally means a wonder of a counselor. A counselor is somebody who's wise. A counselor is somebody who offers guidance. Uh, they, they, hopefully what they say is true. The word wonder is the word that's used most often to describe miracles in the Bible. And so it's saying that Jesus, his words are wise and true and good, but they're so wise and true and good that his words work wonders. Jesus says the right thing at the right time, in the right way, always. And it doesn't matter who he's talking to. He, he speaks like that to both kings and kids. And it doesn't matter what he's talking about. He speaks about marriage and about God and about friendship and about family and about what to do with your anger and what to do with your anxiety and what to do with your grief and what to do when you feel like God's not listening to you and what to do when you're trying to love people who are hard to love. Jesus teaches about all of that. And when he teaches, there's this thing that people say after they hear him speak, they marvel. No one ever talks like this. So Jesus' words are wise. Jesus speaks, and people marvel when he talks. He's a wonderful counselor. It means this. Jesus speaks the best words. God uh, gives to us Jesus as a wonderful counselor. What does that say about us? What does that say about what God thinks about us, what we need? Uh, if you unwrapped a gift tomorrow and it was a piece of paper that was folded, and you unfolded it, and you opened it up, and it was 10 free counseling sessions. 
I don't know how you would feel about that. that that's a really bold gift to give someone, right? <laughs> but what you would know about that person who gave you that gift is you would know that they think you need help in some way. You need a, a guidance in your life. And, and as somebody who has needed a lot of counseling, I really understand that. God sends Jesus as his gift to the world, the wonderful counselor. Why? Because we all need help. We all need, a, a, not just a counselor, we need the best counselor. We need to know what's true about life. We need to know how to live wisely in this life. And, and here's what God is saying that we all need to hear. Our own voice is not enough. Our voice is not enough. In fact, Proverbs will say that, that one of the quickest ways to make a mess of your life is being your only counselor. In Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise listen to counsel. We've said this before, whoever has your ear controls your life. Whoever you listen to, whoever you receive counsel from, it sets the course of your life. I mean, goodness, have you ever found yourself deeply confused about what to do, deeply confused about something troubling in your life? We need a voice that's greater than our own, and we need a voice that we can trust. We need a voice that sees all and knows all and only speaks. We need a voice that will never lie to us. We need a wonder of a counselor, and his name is Jesus. And God gifts him to us that we might hang on his every word. Jesus is called mighty God. We believe as Christians that God the Son has always existed, and he took on flesh when he was born to Mary in Bethlehem. He is fully God and fully human. It's a mystery. I don't claim to understand all of it. I was talking to my daughter a few days ago, and we were talking about Jesus's birth because it's Christmas time. And she said, okay, so God is Jesus's dad, but Jesus is also God? And I said, yeah, God is, is one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Son always existed, but he was not always human. He became human as Jesus, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And she said, dad, I don't get it. And I said, babe, no one gets it. <laughs> like, one of the church fathers who wrote one of the most well-known books on the incarnation, his name is Athanasius, he said about the Trinity, if you deny it, you lose your soul. If you try to understand it, you'll lose your mind. And it, it's just too lofty a truth. It's not punting on a hard question. It's just leaning in to the complexity of a hard question. It's a too lofty a truth for our minds to fully comprehend, but it's true. It's beautifully true. Um, in Jesus, God became human. You have all the might and power and brilliance of God, and you have all of the limits and frailty and vulnerability of being human. Augustine says this about Jesus' divinity and humanity. I think it's beautiful. He, being Jesus, was created of a mother whom he created. He was carried by hands that he formed. He cried in the manger in wordless infancy. He, the Word, without whom all human eloquence is mute. The one who set the foundation of creation had to learn how to walk. The one who spoke world into existence had to learn how to talk. Uh, the one held by Mary holds all things together. The one who shares a stable with animals shares the very nature of eternal Almighty God. It's beautifully true. It's beautifully true that Jesus is God with us. He knows what it's like to be God, and he knows what it's like to be us. And God gifts us in Jesus, mighty God, wrapped in flesh. What does that say about us? What does God know we need? It's easy to get confused 
about God. Uh, we're living at a time where um, if somebody says, I believe in God, you're just not really sure what that means because we mean so many different things when we use the word God. There's a lot of versions of God to choose from. Which one's real? Which one's true? Uh, is, is it the God that the fundamentalists talk about who just seems like he's perpetually angry and you have to walk on eggshells around him and he's just kind of always mad at you all the time? Is it the God of a secular age, people who talk about a God who is whatever kind of God we want, who affirms everything about us and never requires anything of us? Is God the kind of God that requires you to pretend like you're something you're not? And that's why some Christians act like they have it all together and can't be honest about not being okay. Is God the kind of God that if you only have enough faith, he'll make your life full of prosperity and free of pain? Is God the kind of God that keeps good things from you to punish you for the wrong that you've done? Is God the kind of God that ignores evil and injustice in the world? Is God the kind of God that if you do enough and give enough and behave enough, you can earn that God's love and favor? What kind of God is God? The answer is God is a Jesus kind of God. Colossians 1 says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the one who makes God visible. So if you have a view of God that's different than Jesus, you have a view of a God that doesn't exist. And all of our questions about God, what's he like? Who is he? What can I believe? They find their answer in Jesus because Jesus makes God visible. And here's what he makes visible about God. It's such good news. The next title given to Jesus by Isaiah is he's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. In Jesus, we see that the very heart of God is a Father's heart, not an absentee Father, not a negligent Father, not an easily angered, storms out of the house, yells at the kids Father, everlasting Father. The kind of Father who's gentle and safe and speaks truth in love, and is empathetic, and just, and is rich in love, and the kind of father who has far more mercy for his children than his children have problems in need of mercy. That's what kind of God God is. He is a good father. How do we know? Because we see all that in Jesus. All that is made visible in Jesus, the very heart of God as a good father, wrapped in flesh. How do we respond to that. God is the kind of God who gives us Jesus, mighty God. God is the kind of God who gives us Jesus, everlasting Father. And then the last one, Jesus is called Prince of Peace. A prince is somebody who has authority, somebody who governs, has power, and has control. Peace is the Hebrew word shalom, and it's, it's what things would look like if everything was right. Um, it's the things that we all need and want, whether we know it or not. So peace if there's peace between you and God, it means you're safe. In his sovereign love, if there's peace at home, it means everything's right at home. If there's peace in your soul, it means you're not ruled by the things that you're afraid of. If there's peace in the world, it means there are no wars and everyone flourishes. And Jesus is the prince. He's the governor. He's in charge. He has authority. And what is his rule marked by? Peace. What comes from his reign? Peace. What does he bring to those under his care? Peace. He's the prince of peace. And God gives us in Jesus a prince of peace. And what does that say about us? What does God know that we need? It says about us, please lean in. It says about us that we cannot fix ourselves. Can't fix ourselves. We can't heal ourselves. We can't 
atone for our own sins. We cannot heal our own relationship. The problem that we have is deep inside of us. The solution that we need is far beyond us. We can't secure our own peace. If my biggest problem was a money problem, if my biggest problem was an information problem, if my biggest problem was a people problem, maybe I have a chance to fix that, to bring peace to that. But my biggest problem is me. And your biggest problem is you. The Bible calls it sin. We're separated from God, born separated from God. And because of our sin, we have no shot at securing our own peace. We can't fix us, but God gifts us a prince of peace who can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus was born to die. Jesus died that we might live. We can't make ourselves right with God. We can't fix us. But the Prince of Peace laid in a manger, nailed to a cross, conquering the grave, ascended to the right hand of the Father who rules and reigns over heaven and earth, he can. He offers forgiveness. He makes us right with God. He welcomes us into his forever family, and he gives us the promise that one day he'll make all things right. It's not just peace for us, but peace for the whole world. He'll return one day, reunite heaven and earth, and secure for us an eternity with God that is no pain, all comfort, no sin, just joy, no death, life forever with our beautiful God. Jesus is a gift from God. Jesus is God's gift to the world. Jesus is God's gift to you. Here's the thing about gifts. They have to be received. Jesus is the kind of gift that you only receive if you believe God is right about you if you believe he's right about who you are and what you need, if you agree with the God who knows all and sees all that looked at your life and looked at my life, somebody who needs a voice I can trust, somebody who's easily confused about God, somebody who is unable to fix my world, much less myself, and God in his love gives us wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of peace. His name is Jesus. He's God's gift to you. Father, we love you. There are, holy God, two kinds of people in the room this afternoon. There are those who belong to you, Jesus. Those who look back at your life, your birth, your perfect life, faithful life, your sacrificial death, your glorious resurrection. There are those who look back on that in faith. We are yours. You've saved us and forgiven us, and you love us. Would we be encouraged by your word this Christmas Eve? Would we be encouraged that no matter where we are, how we feel, that we have in you, Jesus, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we have that irrevocably from you. I can never lose it. And Lord, there are others in the room who are not Christians. Uh, their sin separates them from you. And I believe you brought them here. 
not that they would hear about a gift that is far from them, not to hear about a Savior and hear only, but to hear and receive, to see in Jesus the gift from God that we need, need, that we would feel from a place of dependence on you and that you would quicken hearts in the room to turn to you in repentance and faith that life might be forever changed. We ask that, Jesus, in your name. Amen.